Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fallis, and my guest today is Sonia Mañón. Sonia is currently the Executive Director of Leader Spring in Oakland, California, an organization with a focus on leadership development where she incorporates discussions on racial equity and social justice as systems that impact our work environments. Before that, she lived here in Ohio for a few years and was an Associate Professor of Arts Administration, Education, and Policy at The Ohio State University. Sonia lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her sons, Zion and Ezra, and today we will be talking about an important celebration in the Latina and Latino culture, quinceañeros. Sonia, welcome to Ohio. Oh, thank you. It's great to be back. (laughs) Every culture around the world has their own way of celebrating boys and girls coming of age. And that age is slightly different for every culture, but it comes around adolescence, sometime between 13 and 17 years of age. In the Latino culture, quinceañeras are an important tradition that celebrates a girl's 15th birthday. It is an opportunity to bring family and friends together and celebrate womanhood or girlhood, to dance in a more formal settings, to engage in cultural traditions that have been passed on through generations. In the U.S. and in Ohio, quinceañeras are no longer uncommon, and in a few years, you won't have to travel to places like Chicago, California, or Texas to find places with plenty of stores with everything that you can imagine for your boda, bautizos, primera comunión, and of course, quinceañera needs. I have to say that I did not have a quinces party myself, but my youngest daughter did uh, have one this last spring. Sonia, talk to us about your experience participating in this type of celebrations um, in your family. Uh, and what, what, what were some of the traditional elements you incorporate or they incorporated into this celebration that made it a Dominican American party? So um, my family are very traditional. Mm-hmm. They, um, we do everything together. My, my mother refers to us as the clan. <laughs> and we're, we're always celebrating and we're always partying. And so rites of passage are really important. Mm-hmm. And I don't know so much that um, we incorporated kind of an um, American flavor because my grandmother was very, very strict about you know, nosotros somos dominicanos and, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we stick to that um, and we stick to those transitions um, and celebrations. And so um, everything was Dominican style and Dominican flavor, everything from merengue and and arroz con pollo and bacalao and um, lechon. Lechon. (laughs) I mean, yeah, the the lechon roasting in the backyard (laughs) in the dugout pit. (laughs) Um, And, um, you know, the weddings had to be, you know, very traditional in the Catholic Church. And then the reception would be at my grandmother's house in the backyard mm-hmm. with the lechon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, so birthdays were no different. You know, birthdays were celebrated, you know, really, really big. And although I was not able to have a quinceanera because my mother being a single mom with 
five children, three of them daughters, mm. and she really wanted to do it the way that that it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she couldn't afford it. So, but we had huge birthday celebrations, mm-hmm. and um, cousins, my cousins that had quinceañeras, my brothers were always escorts, and then when my sons uh, became of age, they became escorts. Mm-hmm. And uh, my youngest son mentioned to me once, why are we always the escorts? Mm-hmm. You know, why is it always about the girls and our family? And um, and it had me thinking, wow, you know, I don't have girls. Um, I wanted to have one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have one for my sons. Right, <laughs> so. right. Um, so tell me about this, this, this sort of conscious decision that you, that you um, made about uh, celebrating your your sons in this special way. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're not going to wear pink. <laughs> um, it, um, and maybe not um, your typical um, traditions that you mm-hmm. associate with quinceañera, the change, changing of the shoes, mm-hmm. depends on how traditional you want to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. with this celebration. But um, tell me how, how it made it special and unique mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to celebrate boyhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, in the months leading up to um, both of their quinces, in fact, my oldest son, Zion, we were living in Connecticut when he turned 15. So his quince was was in Connecticut and Ezra's was here in mm-hmm. Columbus. Um, and it's a lot of planning because we rented a hall. It was a formal. We had it catered. Mm-hmm. Dominican food, of course. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in the months leading up, the, both of them had to go through... Um, what we determined would be their rites of passage mm-hmm. in which they interviewed men in, in mm-hmm. our family mm-hmm. and men that they looked up to in terms of what does it mean to transition into manhood. Mm-hmm. And so they did their own ethnographic studies. Mm-hmm. And at the Kinsey, then their speech was about what they learned mm-hmm. in terms of making a transition into into manhood. I can see the cultural antro- anthropologist and you <laughs> having them do this assignment before the yes, party. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they protested. It's like, Mom, it's just a birthday. It's like, no, it's not just a birthday. It's it's a major transition, right. you know, for you and your life. And um, and they had the their their friends they had the men that stood with them Mm. um they didn't we didn't have escorts for them but they both had 15 of their friends or their uncles and Mm -hmm. coaches stand with them and um and we made it very traditional we had um in both in both quinces um uh the procession of the family Mm. walk in Mm -hmm. And um, and then at we did the lighting of the candles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so their their friends all had a candle that they went down the line and lit for them. And I think there, you know, we didn't do the the shoes, mm-hmm. but um, at fifteen they were both getting uh, their driving permits, and so <laughs> you know, uh, keys to a car <laughs> right. was kind of the the shoes the the transitioning of the sneakers to right. the men's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Tell me, do you remember some of the things that they learned uh, when they were doing this interviews mm-hmm. and what what things were uh, important to them that yeah. they found out throughout this yeah. process? I, I think what for, for both of them, what um, stood out for me was how much um, they heard 
the the man's role in terms of you know stepping up to the plate and mm. you know um, helping your mom out. Mm-hmm. You know your mom is a single mom, so you know really being there for her, um, being an honorable man. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and my oldest son really took that to heart, mm-hmm. and his um, transition from you know, 15 to 16 to 17, and even now at 21, Mm. you know, he really does assume that role of, I need to make sure that my family is taken care of, Mm. you know, my mom and my little brother. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of what they heard, and it was the men that they interviewed, I mean, Mm -hmm. they had to make a list Mm -hmm. of who they were going to interview, and what questions they were going to ask. And um, my father who passed away, their grandpa, he was very, very influential mm. for both of them. And so the lessons that he gave them um, still to this day, you know, they said, well, grandpa taught me this. Mm. And grandpa, you know, said, you know, everything from, you know, when you are dressing, you know, you make sure that your cufflinks are on and, you know, your shoes are shined. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think, you know, they they were hearing things from men that that only men would know to pass Mm. to a younger man Mm -hmm. you know I wouldn't know about cufflinks (laughs) or shiny shoes right you know so I think those little details and and really stepping up to the plate when there's a need for you to be available to your community Mm -hmm. your youngest one quinceanero celebration um also um was at the same time or around the same same time that your oldest was trans- was 18 right mm-hmm. and you made so but you made this party um special for mm-hmm. both of them mm-hmm. at this time can you tell me a little bit about this decision yeah. or what what happened yeah mm-hmm. so Ezra was turning 15 and Zion was turning 18 and um and I really when they were younger being three years apart we always had their parties together mm-hmm. and then around sixth grade Zion was like oh I think I want to have my own parties without Ezra but then I noticed that as Ezra was turning 15, they were their relationship was mm-hmm. like really bonding mm-hmm. in a very different way. You know, not as like two little boys competing against each other, but mm-hmm. as as two men that mm-hmm. were really supporting each other in a very beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I wanted to do something for Zion because he was graduating from high school and turning 18 and um, and asked them if we could do both birthdays together. Mm-hmm. And they were both really excited about it. <laughs> um, and so the quince was definitely about Ezra. Right. But then there was a part in the ceremony where we really recognized, you know, the man that Zion had become mm-hmm. and his accomplishments, graduating from high school and... Um, and so all of their friends, you know, attended. Ezra had the, you know, the 15 mm-hmm. um, men that stood stood by him. But Zion had his posse there as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just really beautiful to see, Great. you know, to see how they were celebrated. Sonia, what does that mean to you to see your boys participating in, in this type of celebrations, but also just to see them growing up as a single mother? Yeah, well, you know, they I they grew up in a feminist household. <laughs> and um and you know, I grew up where um celebrations and traditions were a very important part of my of my growing up and becoming the woman that I am and I wanted to pass that on to them. And um 
And so they, you know, they go along with, with the program. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, uh, my youngest is very humble, you Mm -hmm. know, and he doesn't like a lot of attention. And so I think it was, you know, really harder for him to be the man of the hour. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can see now that they, um, especially my youngest now, Mm -hmm. he's like, are we going to have the family over? You know, now that we're in California and we're closer to family, he always wants, let's do a party, you know, Mm -hmm. let's have the family over, you know, let's gather. So Mm -hmm. I can see as men, you know, that that's, that tradition is sticking with them. It's mm-hmm. like, it is about celebrating family, mm-hmm. you know, when you can. Right, right. Um, in an article you uh, wrote about this celebration a few years ago, you mentioned that in a time when it is dangerous to be black, uh, when perhaps many parents way before their kids are 15 are having conversations about how living, talking, driving, and or walking while black is seen as a threat that it is particularly important to celebrate and remember that they matter, that they are loved and valued. Um, can you talk to us about that? Can you comment on this? Absolutely. Um, one of my decisions um, to leave California when I did, I was uh, just going through a divorce. Um, we were living in a neighborhood that was not that great. Mm-hmm. And the boys were really young, first grade and third grade. And I thought really long and hard about the dangers, you know, for um, black skinned mm-hmm. boys at that time and had the opportunity to accept a position at uh, Wesleyan University in Connecticut and live on campus and, you know, Middletown, Connecticut. It's very different mm-hmm. from East Oakland mm-hmm. and um, and made that decision out of um, the fear of safety for my sons. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not want to navigate uh, that environment without their father. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we had conversations um, a lot when they were younger about what do you do when the police, you know, pulls you over? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've they've been pulled over by the police on their bicycles, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? What don't you do? Um, and... Uh, you know, what do you do when you're um, confronted uh, with racism? You know, how do you respond? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you not respond? And so we've always had those conversations about safety. Right. And for me, being able to celebrate them, you know, being able to celebrate that they have made it to mm-hmm. 15, mm-hmm. you know, and now mm-hmm. they've made it to 18 and 21. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is to be celebrated because you, you know, for for black skin uh, males mm-hmm. um, to not have been shot or incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're like a very slim statistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, at the same time, where where we're constantly talking about safety, um, that we have to talk about celebrating them. Right. We have to talk about you know who they are. Um, you know, as wonderful men. Mm-hmm. You know that are very active in in their communities and they're very active um, with their families. And they're just, they're very loving human beings because uh, the society that we live in paint them as something other than that. Mm -hmm. Sonia, is there anything else you would like to add to 
um, the celebrations to quinceañeros maybe advocating for more of this type of celebration well <laughs> absolutely or anything else about yeah. uh, you or your family mm-hmm. well you know there was at Ezra's um, quince uh, some fr- I had invited some friends of mine who had um, African American who had never experienced mm-hmm. um, a quince and they were just like wow this is this is awesome that you're doing this for your sons because you know I think there's more positive focus on girls Mm -hmm. and girls coming of age or just girls in general Mm -hmm. than than boys because of the society that we live in and she said I want to do this for my son Mm -hmm. but we're not Latinos you know (laughs) and I said but you should do it you know you should celebrate so I you know I definitely abdicate celebrating our young men Mm -hmm. because I don't think they get celebrated enough um and I think it's never um it's never a bad thing to start a new tradition right. in your family, right. you know, to to um, to borrow traditions from other cultures mm-hmm. and incorporate them. If you look at traditional um, cultures outside of the United States, there are rites of passage mm-hmm. for both, you know, boys and girls. In mm-hmm. fact, the quinceaneros started as a rites of passage for both boys and girls. Mm -hmm. Um, And then somewhere down the line, it just became the focus was just on girls. So I think we need to we need to start celebrating um, our young people. And I think one of the things that um, is key uh, for the way that you did it is incorporating other men, right, to Mm -hmm. come and support those mentors, those Mm -hmm. important men, Mm -hmm. male figures in their life. Uh, lives that um, have made an impact and that Absolutely. in some way um, commit to continue to be there for them d- despite where mm-hmm. they live now. Right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's very important because the men that stood up for Zion when we were in Connecticut are still a part of his life. Mm-hmm. And the men that stood up for Ezra when we were here in Columbus are still a part of his life. Mm-hmm. And they both travel back and forth between Connecticut and Columbus, mm-hmm. you know, to maintain those relationships and those connections. That's great. That's great. Uh, Sonia, thank you for this conversation. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Sí.